What's up, everybody? Welcome to Love Music More. I'm Scubert Dubert, and I'm joined with Alessandra. So Alessandra is voice actor, vocalist, bass player, producer, um, everything from creating characters from a young age of three to singing in front of large groups of 13, all about being on stage in the studio on camera. And I'm so excited to talk about all of your kind of musical journey. I don't want to spoil too much of it. And then also kind of the musical element of voice acting and how you can kind of merge these worlds, kind of the world of audio and the world of music and the world of cadence and repetition, all the things that we do musically, we also do in speech. So I can't wait to talk about all of this, but first of all, welcome to the show, Alessandra. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So um, one of the things I like to start off with is just talking about kind of that beginning. So I'd love to talk about, you know, three-year-old Alessandra, what, mm-hmm. what was the, what was the light bulb? Was that, was it way back then? Was it, do you think it was just like nature versus nurture kind of thing of I, wanting to get involved? Yeah, I think it may be a little bit of both. Cool, um, cool. Definitely in my nature, but I also grew up just in a very uh, musical family, very mm-hmm. performance-based family. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my parents, you know, also performed as kids and, yeah. uh, teenagers and throughout college, you know. Um, So I think just, I think definitely in my nature, like I was kind of born just like ready to go in that way. But I also think just being in that environment really helped for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, can you take me through kind of those next steps of your journey? So going from, uh, you know, finding your place on stage but then how did you kind of start to think, okay, this is a, a career that I want to pursue. This is something like I really, really want to mm-hmm. do on a deeper than like hobby level. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think there was a choice. I yeah, think cool. it was like from just that early of an age, I just didn't think about anything else. Yeah. It wasn't like, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up or like, I want to be a a baseball player or whatever. Like it was like, no, I'm going to be an actor. I'm a musician. I'm a performer. Like it was like very clear. Um, And I always sort of, it's so interesting. I kind of like credit my parents. I thank them for this. Mm -hmm. Like they would say when I was, you know, that age, maybe three, four, uh, around that age, people would be like, oh my gosh, she's like the next Shirley Temple. You got to get her in movies and commercials and TV and whatever. And my parents were like, um, let's just wait until she figure, you know, if she wants to do it when she's an adult, we're not going to like force her into anything. Like, yes, mm-hmm. we agree she's a ham, but <laughs> you know, we're not trying to, um, you know, I don't know, have her end up in not a great place. Cause yeah, I, totally. you know, there's a lot more people speaking out right now, especially about, mm-hmm. you know, being in the industry a little too early and it mm-hmm. just sort of doesn't always end up the way you think. So I think that's pretty cool. My parents were like, okay, yeah, we kind of agree, but also we're going to let her figure it out. If she wants to do it, great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's sort of, I didn't really have any other ideas of what I wanted to do. It was like, oh, it's just like, I want to be on stage. I want to be performing. I want to be, you know, acting. I want to be singing. I want to be making music. Uh, so, yeah, there wasn't really, there wasn't a choice. It just kind of was like <laughs> predestined. Like, this is what I'm doing. I love that. I love that. And and I'm curious too, because I, I, you know, I did, I did some acting in, in high school and stuff. And I, I always thought that there was a deeper parallel than a lot of people realize. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just being like an entertainer. I think that there's, there's just a quality of musicians and acting 
go really well hand in hand. And I don't think it's just people like trying to get mm-hmm. attention. I'm just curious what your thoughts on it. Do you feel like each kind of reinforce the other in a any sort of sense? Yes, I definitely feel like just performing in general, you know, yeah. there's so many parallels. I That's also why I find like the more and more I'm deeply involved and in, engaged in the voice actor community, I meet mm-hmm. so many musicians. I'm cool. like, oh, cool. Like I feel at home here too. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I think in general performing, if it's music or you're acting or you're dancing, I mm-hmm. think it, there's so many similarities and it's, really all just about the same thing. You're using your experiences in life. You're using Mm -hmm. your stories, your, uh, the ups and downs of your life, you know, bad experiences, good experiences. You're using it all to create and, um, to make art. So I feel like on just the deepest level, it is so similar. Of course, then you can get into technical things. Like, you know, when I went to school for jazz performance, we also did, it was, the major was jazz performance and studio music. So like Mm -hmm. I learned how to be on a microphone and in a studio. And of course now as a voice actor, that's also what I'm doing. So Mm -hmm. of course there's like the technical things that obviously are very similar, but I think just on the most basic level, it's you're performing, you're using your, your story to um, create the work. I like that. And I, I also think that that gives a sense of like power to somebody that might be trying something new. It's like, hey, like at the root, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just a different kind of vehicle for that same. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's so many similarities. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. So in terms of uh, picking up instruments and and kind of that that path, did you start with, with vocals and then you're like, hey, I want to pick up some other instruments or did you pick up instrument? Like how, how, did, the, yeah. how did that flow? So my mom was an orchestra teacher for like 40, almost 40 years. Oh my God. Um, so I grew up in like a string yeah, heavy family. Yeah. Um, so I think I remember being about four and my mom mm. got me this like really cute little baby violin and Aww. was helping me like, you know, learn how to play. That's adorable. And, you know, my dad plays guitar. And so, um, yeah, just a lot of strings in my house. So mm-hmm. after I started playing violin at four-ish then at five I started playing getting piano lessons cool and um I took piano lessons for maybe 10 years um and then obviously I still studied with in college but as far as like a weekly piano lesson that was like from five to like 15 um and then of course continued my education when I when I went to school um in piano but yeah so yeah violin piano and then um, I was sort of lucky enough to be in my mom's orchestra in junior high, which I feel like is okay. If it was like a math class, obviously, I don't think you want to be in like your mom's <laughs> yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like music is a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was in her orchestra and I was still playing violin at the time. And I just remember like every time we would do auditions for like the concert to see like where everyone was seat like seated yeah. I kept like moving back and back on the violin and I was like what's going on and my mom's like Alessandra um you can only get so far with like pure talent and innate like ability on an instrument mm-hmm. she's like you have to practice mm-hmm. if you want to keep getting better she's like but everyone else is practicing and they're getting mm-hmm. better than you yeah and yeah, I just yeah. remember being like what? That's yeah. so crazy. And I remember just like looking back at the bass section, like all the dudes, and they were just like having fun. I'm like, I'm going to go to the bass section. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so then I picked up the bass and um, 
thankfully because of piano, I, I had the knowledge of the bass clef. You know, I knew how to read mm-hmm. bass clef and cool. and you know, so just kind of a little bit self-taught on bass, but then also obviously like having my mom as a string teacher. And then I'd say maybe around high school, I started taking upright bass lessons. But the minute I decided to want to play bass, um, I immediately picked up the electric as well and sang the minute I started playing the electric. Awesome. So I know that's like another thing. There's a lot of bass players who are like way, you know, leaps and bounds beyond me, especially going to jazz school. Like I, yeah, I right. don't consider myself a jazz bassist, but like, uh-huh. you know, all my buddies were like jazz bassists and they're like, dude, how do you sing and play at the same time? I'm like, uh-huh. I just did it the first time From I picked up the bass. Yeah. Yes. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I think that's why. Yeah. <laughs> you, I just did it immediately. You did it at the same time. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> like programming your brain at the same time. Both, yeah. Both and so, those. yeah. So then I switched to bass and then, you Sweet. know, like I said, we had just instruments all around the house. So yeah. I'd pick up a guitar and I'd write some songs on it and I'm not mm-hmm. like a, an amazing guitarist, but like, if I want to write a song, I could write a song and come up with some cool things that, you know, probably aren't great technique or normal way of making chords, but just, I like using guitar as like a writing tool. Um, So yeah, just kind of a lot of different instruments. And yeah, singing was always just kind of part of that, you know, like we sort of on the weekends, I just Mm -hmm. remember my house being very filled with music. Like we didn't really sit around and like watch TV. Mm -hmm. We kind of sat around put records on and all picked up an instrument and like played that's great so (laughs) so i kind of that's kind of the experience i have just yeah i think from i think from an early age it just felt like there was no there was like no such thing as like failure with music it was just kind of like there there wasn't even a i don't know there wasn't yeah. a oh you have to be good at this and you have right. to excel and be a you know a Suzuki level whatever and like uh-huh. you know go to all the prep things and whatever it was just like yeah. hey we're gonna put on a record let's put on you know some like Motown and like everyone mm-hmm. pick up an instrument and let's just like play and have fun so it was yeah. it came from a much more exploratory yeah um sort of beginning versus um I mean then of course I took actual lessons with other private yeah. teachers but I yeah I think the reason why it just was so exciting to me and I just never wanted to stop is because it, it came from a place of fun and exploratory nature versus mm-hmm. um, maybe like being a little strict, even with a music teacher mom. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's special. And it also yeah. like you had community tied to it. I feel like yeah. the people that excel the most or end up loving music the most, it's, it's a, it's a vehicle for them to communicate with their people and then yeah. other people. And it's like that mm-hmm. universal language thing is so true, especially if you view it, from that flexible space. It's like it's like learning a language too. <laughs> the people that learn the language is the best. And I don't 100% have this, but I'm, I'm working on it. It was like, just saying stuff. It's like, you're going to get the grammar wrong, but it's like, yep. it's your second or third language. Like, who cares? Yeah. You, know, you just got start throw yourself into the fire. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and people appreciate it and they'll correct you or whatever. And then you'll get lessons and you'll get better. Yeah. But the first step is, is just trying to talk. And yeah. as like a four-year-old with a little violin, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, it probably sounded terrible, but my <laughs> mom was like, it's all right, we got this. <laughs> Everybody gonna start somewhere, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, look at, look at where you end up. Totally. Um, I, I also think that uh, the what you've been talking about singing is a nice and freeing outlook on vocalization. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think that all instrumentalists, even if they don't view themselves as a singer necessarily, should be singing as much as they can and trying to internalize that music because it's our mm-hmm. it's our OG instrument. It's right mm-hmm. there. It walks around with us. Um, and being able to express yourself vocally 
helps you express yourself instrumentally. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in school, I remember taking some classes with, um, for our, our, um, the jazz school that, that I was in, it was, uh, at the university of Miami frost school of music. And, um, sort of like at one end of the hall were like the instrumentalists and uh-huh. the other end of the hall were the vocalists. And, uh-huh. but thankfully, um, I think just because I view myself as just a musician in general, I never was like, you know, I'm an instrumentalist and yeah. a vocalist or like, I'm a, vo- I'm just like, I'm a musician. And that includes vocalists. Cause I feel like sometimes that's like left out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I felt like immediately drawn to like all the other instrumentalists. Cause I, Mm-hmm. was an instrumentalist myself am, am an instrumentalist myself and mm-hmm. i just remember being in some classes with them and the teachers were like okay uh guys who don't sing like the instrumentalists who aren't singing like you need to learn these standards not mm-hmm. just the chords and the melody but i want you to like learn the melody as far as like vocally and i want cool. you to also know what the lyrics are yeah what's the song about because when you're playing <laughs> yeah. like if you know if you don't know what the lyrics are you're playing something that like doesn't match what the lyrics are like what are you doing yes it's it's not it's not the vibe you know Mm -hmm. so i always thought that was that was cool um that is cool especially because it's like a lot of the jazz standards or whatever a lot of people don't just know them as jazz standards or know them (laughs) as instrumentals but it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff comes from great american songbook Mm -hmm. it's like it they have meaning they have vibe know what the lyrics are yeah Yeah. right right tell that story exactly yeah so I think is too, like a, a lot of the teachers, I mean, they were definitely like very old school too, but they were like, yeah. you guys, like sometimes you're not even playing the melody, like learn yeah, the right. melody, right. I like that. <laughs> learn the melody of the standards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, totally. So yeah, I think it's totally important for everyone to use their voice, you know, even if you're yeah. not a great singer, it's, yeah. it feels good. It's like you're speaking yeah. your truth, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I like the the less judgmental thing. It's just like, just let it flow. And mm-hmm. everybody's allowed to participate in music. It isn't, it isn't this kind of hierarchical thing that I think a lot of people have gotten used to music being because like classical music or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like everyone's supposed to participate. This is as elemental as dance or mm-hmm. music or speech. It's all, yeah. it's all in you. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's really special. Um, something I'd like to uh, talk about is your uh what you're talking about with the bass clef because i think yeah. a lot of people they see these squiggles they don't know what they're <laughs> looking at they're like okay yeah music reading music is like reading uh the uh, a beautiful mind like mm-hmm. physics like uh speak they look at it and they go like what am i even looking at um mm-hmm. if in in obviously this is mostly going to be listened to as an audio podcast but could you explain just like What's going on with notation for the layman? If they've just kind of seen it, like what are the, what are all these squiggles? What 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 are yeah. what are they indicating? Yeah. Well, I guess if you were someone who like had no idea how to read music at all, like there yeah. are different clefs. You yeah. know, you have your treble clef, you have your bass clef. If you play the if you play the viola, you have a whole other clef. <laughs> yeah, so there's di- there's some different <laughs> clefs, but generally, like if you're just starting yeah. out on the piano, which is a good, you know, I feel like that's usually yeah. good because you can see every you can see every note. Right. So you kind of can see what's going on. Usually you have the clef, uh, treble clef and you have the bass clef. And the, and the and notes in one place, unlike in the guitar or the bass, it's like you could play the same note in a exa- bunch of different places. And, exactly. It's. Yeah. I think it's a good visual learning tool if, you, if yeah. you're like, hey, I want to start playing music, but I don't know where to start. You know, I feel like piano, it's all laid out there. It's really nice and organized. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can see what's going on. You can yep. see patterns, you know. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
Uh, I don't know who came up with notation, but someone <laughs> along the way figured out, hmm, we can, you know, make a staff of these lines and in between there's the spaces and the notes will go on the lines and in the spaces and that will let people know what note is what and where to play it and how it corresponds. And so, you know, I think it's it's great because I'm sure, like you're saying, you know, like since the beginning of time, we've made music mm-hmm. Like yeah. cavemen were singing and probably, I don't know, banging on stuff and making yeah. percuss- percussion. 100%. And uh, so it's like at some point someone was like, we should maybe figure out how to put this down. On, <laughs> pass this on. Pass this on. And it's, it, on it's papyrus. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, too, because like we we would have had no way to play like, yeah. you know, here's this cool uh, Gregorian chant from like 1200. Right. It's like, yeah, there's no uh, mm-hmm. Spotify. <laughs> there's no right. microphone. There's no wax recording. There's nothing and yeah. so we just have and it's funny because musical notation evolves over time in, in yeah. the beginning it just kind of is like directional it's like yeah up and down and, yeah. and then they they start I, like the clef which is basically like centering yourself yep. so you're like i'm gonna circle this area and that's and i know where G i know now i know where yeah. i'm starting so i'm gonna go up <laughs> from that or down from that and like yeah. okay i know where i'm at and then yeah. You um you connect them so you have like the top and the bottom so the bottom with those bass notes low down and then you go all the way up and so you have that sense of directionality of like low and high <laughs> yeah and then the rhythms is the like that must have been the light bulb moment because yeah. music just just like a side scrolling video game mm-hmm. goes left to right and then you have all of these rhythms yeah you passages. got your measures and you got to make yeah. sure all the beats fit in the measure and so you yeah. got to figure okay well then how do I you know divide that into making sure all the notes fit in the measure and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's, it's just, it is a beautiful system. It's actually really elegant. It's not as scary. Um, it obviously anything complex can be built on simplicity. Yeah. So you can go off the rails and go yeah. wild, like a John Cage situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've seen some musical yeah. scores too, where they'll write like little, um, modern musical scores where they'll write like scream into saxophone. <laughs> It's like, cool. I love that. I feel like, well, I used to be in an early music choir. Um, I'm from New York originally. I'm from New York originally. But um, yeah, so when I lived in New York, I was in an early music choir. And Mm -hmm. there were some times where we would sing some like Gregorian chant like things. And and Uh definitely the notation was like, this is new for me. I Uh have not looked at a score like this. And a lot of it was implied. And like you were saying, it's sort of just like goes up, (laughs) you know, or goes down or... (laughs) And just like big blocks of like, and also forget about measures. I mean, th- yeah, there were no, no ma- it was just, you follow the conductor, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or you follow whoever the leader is of the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I actually saw in um, Greenwood Cemetery, I saw early music concert. It was so cool. It was nice. so cool. I really like early music. And I, I also, um, there, there's a little one in San Diego that I go to. They do like a early Baroque with period instruments. Cool. Nice vibes. That's um, cool. Yeah. Period instruments are really cool too because it's like obviously they haven't figured out all the kinks, but mm-hmm. they have their own sense of like timbre and and it's it almost feels like looking at a classic car. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this is what a trumpet like kind of was built on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where it all began. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm sure that whoever maintains that is like, eh, it's always out of tune and right. you know, always having to replace things, but... It is fun to to hear the the originals start to speak a little bit. Yeah, definitely. The stuff we came from. Um, so yeah, that that um, super cool musical journey. I would love to to kind of hear about your your next step into uh, you know landing gigs. You know, singing with Ben mm-hmm. Folds, Pittsburgh Symphony uh, Symphony, Radio City Music Hall as a rockette. 
Like, yeah, that was. How'd, how'd you, you end up yeah. there? That's super. I cool. know it's it's kind of weird because when you say it, it's just like what it feels yeah, like. I right? live different lives. Like yeah, what? yeah. So I want I okay. So this is actually cool because mm-hmm. you know this is this feels like a. I mean, I know a lot of people who have had w- whatever success means to them, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I dreamed about this when I was a kid. And then like somehow, you know, it came full circle and then this happened. For mm-hmm. me, that was what Ben Folds was. Cool. Um, because, yeah. gr- you know, probably in junior high and high school, I loved like listening to Ben Folds. Yeah. I just loved it. For sure. I loved him. And I saw him in concert. I think he um, opened for, um, he opened for, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. John Mayer. There we go. Oh, nice. Sweet. And so I just remember like watching him on stage and just being like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to like perform with people that you like really love? You know, just like mm-hmm. thinking, you know, when you're like a kid, you think about that or if you want to yes. be a musician or let's say you're watching a movie and you want to be an actor and you're like, oh, I would love to be in a movie with this person or I'd yeah. love for this person to direct me. So, yeah, yeah I just was a really big Ben Folds fan. Cool. And then fast forward to like the end of college. I think I was doing some kind of gig and um, I met the, I guess through the vocal jazz program, maybe he came in for like a a master class or something. I don't remember. Anyway, somehow I ended up Mm -hmm. um, with this, with this gentleman and he was um, the vocal contractor for this series of concerts that Ben Fold was doing where he was like going around touring but like instead of with a band it was just him and a piano full orchestra and then he'd have like maybe eight singers or something cool Cool. And I just remember when he told me that, I was like, oh, I'm a huge Ben Folds fan. Like, I know a lot of, basically most of his music. Yeah. Um, could I send you an email or, like, could I get your email? Mm-hmm. I think I was, like, 20, maybe, mm-hmm. 20 or 21. So I was I was just, like, always very, like, this is what I want. I'm just going to go for it. Like, I was just, like, cool. 20 years old. Like, oh, I'll take your email so I can write you an email and stay in touch so I can yeah. do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of, like, um, perfect timing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just emailed him and... I kept following up and I was like, let me know. I'm in New York, but like I'd be willing to go, you know, mm-hmm. within these areas kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually it ended up um, him saying, you know, he, he needed a couple extra singers for Pittsburgh. And I was like, I'll fly there. That's yeah. cool. It sounds fun. Yeah. So um, that's how I did that cool. gig. Awesome. And it was really cool um, because I guess Ben Folds famously went to UM for like, I think one semester or like okay. one year, okay. yeah. just like not a long time. And then there was this, um, there was this story of like, oh, he threw his drums in the lake because he <laughs> like, um, he failed his, uh, what do they call it? Like not your final, your but um, your jury. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been <laughs> in school. So. <laughs> no worries. I'll never forgive my. I'm jury, like, so what I? is it? Yeah, a jury. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, oh so of course it's we're stress. like, he takes us out for dinner before the show, and I'm like. So I went to UM. Could you tell us like the whole story of yeah. what actually happened? There's like, whatever. Anyway, yeah. but um, he was super nice guy. And cool. I also did something even bolder, which is mm-hmm. um, I had written maybe like three or four songs mm-hmm. around that time. This was 2012. I had a few songs that I'd ri- written in college and then a few right after. And I put together really, really probably terrible demos um, as best as I could. And I put them on a CD if anyone doesn't know what a CD is, <laughs> no, I can tell on. you, look it up. <laughs> um, oh, it's dark. And, um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I gave him a CD and I just wrote, like, you're a huge musical inspiration on me, especially writing songs on piano and singing. Mm-hmm. I gave him the 
you know, I obviously thanked him for like having me on the gig and I gave him my CD and he actually emailed me back and had listened to the CD and had given me like, not even notes was just like, this is great. I really love this. I love Mm. this and this one. Like, just like keep doing what you're doing. Like, it was just really cool. That's really awesome. So it felt really nice. Um, Mm. You know, and it wasn't like I was, my intention wasn't like, I'm going to give him a CD so he can like sign me and want to write with me. It was just like, Hey, you influenced me. And you know, I just wanted you to hear hear it kind of thing. And just to have him respond back just showed like, he's a, he's a good guy. But anyway, so that's the Benfold story. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, the Rockette story was, I don't even remember if I was still in vocal therapy. So I had worked at, um, Mm -hmm. I worked at Bryant Park for like one of my part-time jobs at some point in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know what Bryant Park is, it's just a big park. Well, not really that big, but in New York City between 40th and 42nd, between 5th Avenue and 6th Avenue, I'm pretty sure. And it's just a big square and it's a park and they have events there. And so when I used to work there, they had these game areas. So there was like a game where you could play um ping pong and there was an area where you could actually play like board games and then there was an area where maybe there was like putt putt I don't really remember but mm-hmm. there were like three different areas where you could like play games and what I didn't realize is even though I, we were in a park you're in the center of like Manhattan mm-hmm. so I was talking over like traffic and I was just oh, like oh yeah totally so I didn't realize and then like I had yeah. gone just for my normal like vocal checkup to go mm-hmm. to the ENT and mm-hmm. he was like like one of your vocal like so when you sing your vocal cords are supposed to like do this and they like come back to they kind of like do this like wave thing where they come back together and one of the backs of mine was just kind of open so there was like all this like air coming out thankfully it wasn't nodes or anything that would be like oh you have to get surgery or have to go on complete vocal rest yeah but they were like oh you should maybe go see a vocal therapy you know get some voice therapy uh voice therapy okay so my voice therapist it um I I guess also had a connection to Miami. I don't know if that's how I got connected with her, but either way, Mm -hmm. it was like Mm -hmm. she had also been there um, before my time. And uh, she, you know, did a lot of session work, jingles. And because that's when uh, she was around when jingles were like a lot more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, now jingles aren't really thing, which is what I really was hoping I'd be doing a lot of because I just always loved that. Um, And also you get good money. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. but anyway, so, <laughs> so, um, she had, I guess this connection through whoever was putting together, um, this, new, it was supposed to be a new radio city show with the Rockettes. I think it was called, I forgot what it was called, but anyway, it actually mm-hmm. never ended up coming to fruition, which, mm-hmm. you know, people know in the industry, like you could shoot a pilot. And then it never sees the light of day or like you could make a record and you never put it out. Like there are just, you know, things that Mm -hmm. happen even when you have capital behind it, even when you have. I mean, there are network television shows that just never happen. They they sit in the archives, you know, so that's that's like one of the biggest factors. If like if an indie musician can get there, like I I think my (laughs) release rate is somewhere around 70 percent, 75 percent. So it's like that is the easiest way that you can put more stuff out is to just like release a larger (laughs) percentage of the stuff you actually work on. It's so hard because there's so many decision makers and things. Sorry. Anyway, I just just wanted to. No, no, it's so true. But anyway, so. But um, I remember going to, it was the studio, which is now, I guess, Power Station, but it used to be um, 
Avalon, maybe? Is that what okay. it's called? I think so. But now it's the Power Berkeley Station. Power Station. They, cool. like, Berkeley School of Music in Boston took over mm-hmm. the studio um, in New York. Anyway, it was, like, my first, like, big recording session, and I was, like, yeah, really, cool studio. really excited <laughs> about it. I want to say it was called Avalon, but I could be just making that up. Oh, like but anyway, that. it was, like, this really cool, like, wood panel. The whole studio was, like, really cool wood panel. Um, if you look up like Berkeley Power Station, you'll see what it looks like now, but it was the same. And um, I just remember walking in and being like, oh my God, this is so cool. And we got a couple of um, different, I think maybe three or four songs. And I just remember like the vocal um, contractor was like, great, you sing this on this, you sing this on this. And it was like, okay, we're going to record everyone ready. And it was like, okay, you know, just like, yeah, go. cool. Um, and so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, excited because i'm like oh when the show comes out you know i'm gonna go see the show and be like i can hear my voice but it never happened (laughs) but i can still sing i i can still say i sang as a rocket you know totally no totally so no it's 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 amazing how much of that and it's it's good to tell those stories too because i think sometimes people feel like it's only them like i have a lot of friends that are songwriters Mm -hmm. and that is one of the hardest gigs in the business because you that's probably like 10 percent if that gets actually heard by people of what you make. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So it's it's out there and it's real. And people, like, if, if you're going through that, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. We are all dealing with that. And controlling as much of your own music as possible allows you yeah. to get over that percentage. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just baked in. Yeah. You're like, if you did something, you did something. It doesn't yeah. matter where it ended up, but you did it, you know? Yeah. And so that's sort of just like, I kind of feel like now it's mm-hmm. more of this thing where when people, you know, when you're in some kind of social setting or some kind of like networking thing and people say, what's one thing people wouldn't know about you? I kind uh-huh. of always use that one because that's yeah. like such a, people are always like, what? I'm like, yes, yes. I sang as a rock cut because some yes. of the rock cuts dance and sing and some of them only dance and can't sing. Yes. So they need to hire singers. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So yeah. Um, so now let, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your voice actor um, yeah. career, and then I also want to draw some of the parallels with music, yeah, so that people can understand sure. just how musical voice acting is, how important it is, and uh, how it you know it makes advertising take flight, it makes audiobooks mm-hmm. engaging and accessible for some people that might have vision problems or whatever. There, there's just this level of mm-hmm. making things come to life as a voice actor. I would love to hear yeah. kind of how, how that journey went and then some yeah. of your, your feelings on on that parallel. Yeah, I actually really have to credit it to Kim Nazarian, who is the soprano singer of um, um, the New York Voices, which is cool. sort of like, uh, I guess, a, like a newer version of the Manhattan Transfer, if anyone knows. They're like iconic jazz vocal group. Anyway, so is New York Voices. So um, in high school, this is a long Kind of a no backwards, it's cool. but it's then cool. forward. Okay. Yeah. So in high school, I was in the all-state jazz choir for awesome. New, for your New York State because I'm from New York, and so yeah, like it's it's uh this thing called all-state where you would go to this thing called NISMA, and NISMA is New York State um something music association, and basically if you were playing an instrument or singing or whatever, you would take lessons with your private teacher and then you would do this thing called uh nisma and you would go to it would be like on a saturday or sunday you'd go perform a piece and you'd play scales and then maybe the person the adjudicator would say here's something to sight read and then you would get like a score based on that and um i think others i think other states obviously have this as well yeah for sure i I was not I, i was not 
formally trained in high school and stuff, but I had friends yeah. um, and, and definitely people in my music school that were like heavy into California jazz band and all, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Totally. So, so yeah. So this program, NISMA, um, which like I said, there's equivalencies probably in most states. And yeah. so after that, you get your score. And then once you got to a certain age, you'd be like placed into maybe all county or oh. all district yeah. or... And then eventually um, I got to the point where I was accepted into all state, which was like, that's the big one. Like, oh, you're like the, you know, you're in this small group of the whole entire state. Yeah. And so I had previously been in some like other extracurricular jazz vocal ensembles. I was in this one called um, um, Nassau Suffolk Jazz Ensemble, which was like Nassau and Suffolk are the two counties on Long Island where they would kind of like same thing kind of pick people from both and put it together. We had a jazz choir. And um, so I'd already been doing that. And then I got accepted into Allstate um, for the um, for the jazz choir. And our guest conductor was Kim Nazarian, who, because I'd been in jazz choir mm-hmm. and because, like, my high school choir teacher would always bring in jazz charts for the New York Voices because mm-hmm. she also went to Ithaca, which is where they all met. It was kind of like, if you're a jazz vocalist, you know who the New York voices are. And like, you get to sing their charts and their charts are like just wildly amazing because Darman Meter, who's the main um, arranger of the group, he's a sax player first. So he's just like, you know, instrumentals chops and he's writing vocal charts and they're amazing. I love it. So, yeah, so I'd been doing their charts and then we found out, okay, you're an all state jazz vocal ensemble. Your guest conductor is Kim Nazarian. And like, you know, all of us little nerdy jazz vocalists are like, oh my God, she's a soprano. New York voices. This is amazing. We're going to like spend a whole week with her. This is crazy. So basically you get like all these charts ahead of time. You're told you're an alto, you're a soprano, whatever. They gave you tracks so you could like listen and learn. Mm -hmm. Then when you show up for the weekend, it's just Mm -hmm. to like practice and then have a performance. Sweet. But we had a performance and it just like over the weekend, we just had this like immediate like bond, like in another dimension, we would be like mother and daughter or like sisters, Mm. you know, we just had this like immediate bond. I think she looked at me and saw a lot of me in her when she was my age, Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now fast forward to college. I'm still in the vocal jazz scene, obviously at school. She comes to our school to do a master class with the bass singer, um, Peter of the group. And of course, then I get to see her again. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, good to see you again. Whatever. We reconnect. We had been, you know, chatting, but good mm-hmm. to see her again. Yeah. Then fast forward, I graduated school mm-hmm. and I'm like, what do I do? And she was like, hey, we need an assistant. Be our assistant. So I became the Great. assistant for the New York Voices. I was doing awesome. like chart orders and CD orders. I was sending out their CDs that were mm-hmm. being purchased, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then... I remember after the, now it ties back into the Ben Folds. After the Ben Folds concert, she lived, she, I think at the time was living in Pittsburgh or at least somewhere near. So I went to Mm -hmm. stay with her. Oh, cool. And visit her. And we were like sitting at this tea house. I'll never Mm -hmm. forget this like little cute little like tea house kind of place that had like tea and biscuits and all this. And she like, I had a piece of paper and this purple pen Mm -hmm. and I was like, kind of like writing I wrote like me in the center and then she like had me I like she, I mean she didn't tell me to do this but she was telling me all the different things I could be doing cool being a vocalist being yes. a musician being yes. a creative person being an actor mm-hmm. and I just remember like writing all these things you go oh well if you do this talk to this person or if you want to oh, cool. do this talk to this person oh they're in mm-hmm. New York too and mm-hmm. she's giving me all this stuff and I remember this was in 2012 like circling mm-hmm. in huge letters like voiceover yeah Because she had been, like, one of the original members of the New York Voices ended up leaving the group and becoming a wildly, um, 
you know, successful voice actor. Yeah. I think she was like the voice of one of the late night shows for a while where she would like introduce like, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had been on like news, the new, uh, she had been like announcer for like news shows and all this uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I remember like circling it in 2012, but that didn't really happen until like later, yes. almost closer to the end of the decade. So yes. basically what, but it's funny, like when I look, I think I still saved that piece of paper because I yeah. don't know, that was just, Good. it felt like this, pivotal like moment yeah. i'm i for yeah. some reason i saved it so uh-huh. i should probably find it and like see uh-huh. what else i wrote on yeah. there and be like what, what else am i doing from that list you should but yeah so um through just like a long series of weird jobs that were like performance related or like at least industry related mm-hmm. like i i was like doing on-camera stuff and then i decided to be on the other side of the camera and like doing mm-hmm. coordinating producing casting like i kind of got all in that in the film world Cool. Then after that, I landed a job as a producer at a voiceover studio, an cool. audio post-production house. Yeah. And so I remember working there and I was kind of the producer middleman. So I'd be like, I'd hire the talent or I'd at least cast them. But then yeah. I also had my clients like, you know, I'd have JC Pen- someone from JCPenney say, hey, we're going to do this campaign. We need a Spanish voice and a and um and an English voice. And they're going to do all of our TV spots and all of our radio spots. And I'd go to my list and go, Hmm, who do I like? Who's reliable? Who's really good at what they do? And who do I know could like crush this? Mm-hmm. I'd come up with a short list of like, you know, five people for each language or three. Mm-hmm. And then I'd, but I'd kind of say like, I think you should pick this person because yeah, I yeah. just had a cool. natural ear being a musician, right. yep, an ear natural, for like yes. who sounds good, yes. who has a good vibe, who would be, who like when I see this kind of commercial, whose mm-hmm. voice sounds like the target audience. Cool. And so, so I was doing that. And yeah. because Again, being a musician, I knew how to use Pro Tools. Yeah. I yeah. had learned during Sandy because we couldn't leave our, I didn't leave my house for like three weeks because the subways were down. So oh I learned how to use Pro Tools, like oh my God. trial by fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, my husband, Steve, was like, I need to record like guitars. Do you yeah. want to learn how to use Pro Tools? I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just like being thrown into it. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I wanted to be in the sessions when my voice talent would come in and do their stuff because I was really interested. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to see how they do this. Mm-hmm. I'd see them walk into the to the booth, you know, the mic technique. I'm like, this is very similar to vo- singing yeah, in a studio. Yes. And, you know, then the engineer would, uh, you know, sort of be the middleman between their producer and the vocalist or the, you know, the voice actor. Mm-hmm. Just like seeing how it ran. And I remember cool. being like, well, I have an acting background. Like I took acting classes like all throughout, mm-hmm. you know, my childhood. And I For was sure. on stage and doing theater. And I mean, when I was little, if you asked me from ages like three to 17 or 16, yeah. what did I want to be an actor? So I'm yeah. just like, okay, uh-huh. interesting. And I just remember like the more and more time I was producing, I just was like, wait, I know what the budgets are. Cause I'm making them. I'm quoting yeah. them. I'm kind of yeah. putting these together. These, these actors sometimes will come in here for maybe an hour, maybe 40, 30 minutes if they're really good at what they do. <laughs> and they're getting paid more than me in one hour then yeah. I'm getting paid in a month. And I'm yeah. like, I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> totally. I gotta make some changes. Yeah. And you know, cause when you're mm-hmm. when you're when it's I mean, I guess I might have been I, I was also planning a wedding at the time and like mm-hmm. weddings are expensive and super and living in New York is expensive. And I'm just yes. thinking like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm in my yes. like mid twenties. Uh-huh. I'm doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I could work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. So it was one of these things where um I mean, it, it's 
sort of like sadly how sometimes this can happen, but like mm. I had a death of a friend, mm. um, you know, a contemporary. She was maybe yeah. four or five years older than me. Oh, she died of breast and brain cancer. And yeah. I just remember that was the first sort of contemporary Mm-hmm. that I lost that I was very close to and just yeah. sort of it really hit me and yeah. I was like wait a minute I'm dreading waking up I'm dreading going to work mm-hmm. I'm dreading while I'm at work then I have no motivation or creativity to do anything after work mm-hmm. what am I doing yeah like this is no way to live a life mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'm not 70 when I'm saying this I'm like 26 <laughs> right. when I'm saying this I'm like yeah. if I'm already do- like feeling <laughs> yeah, done like yeah, what the hell is uh, wrong 45 with me? more years of this yeah <laughs> yeah so it just was sort of this like aha moment and it it's it's so it always breaks my heart that it had to come from such a terrible yeah. um a terrible thing but you know I I carry her like I have her prayer card like on my little mm-hmm. altar I have in my yeah. studio it's like yeah. she's with me every day and like I I am also just I just tell her all the time I'm like hey you like you know, you were the you were so inspirational because she was a librarian mm-hmm. and she was a teen librarian, mm-hmm. and she loved like putting together like different themes for like parts of the year for the things for the teens to do and come in and have fun. Cool. Like she, yeah. like she like brought she like made libraries cool where she worked. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. people were like coming to the library, which mm-hmm. you know not a lot of people think the library is cool, but like she made it cool. Yeah. And especially yeah. with teens, kind of hard to win totally. over, but like she right. just knew how to do that. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, I just left. I basically just quit my job with no backup. I was mm-hmm. like, I need to just leave and I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> thankfully, I have a husband who is also a musician <laughs> who is very supportive. So uh-huh. he wasn't like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, he, yeah. I, de- I remember like walking into one of the small conferences and I called mm-hmm. him on the work phone. I'm like, so I'm going to like do this. I'm just going to quit. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I personally would have a plan, but he's mm-hmm. like, but you're not, I'm not you and you're not mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. he's like, if you need to do this, like you should do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So that was like March of 2018. And basically from March 2018 until the beginning of 2019, I basically just threw myself into every voiceover class, workshop, intensive. Yeah. I even flew myself out to LA to work with like humongous voice actors who are now some of my closest friends. And huge. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I just I just like spent money I didn't really Mm -hmm. have because I was Mm -hmm. like so invested in like this is what I need to be doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was the, what was some of the stuff that you were picking up? Like what what were some of the was it just being a part of it, learning by osmosis? Was were they showing you like vocal te- placement I mean, or like what were what were you working technique, on? Technique, just technique. mostly talking about how the voiceover industry changes so frequently. Like okay. if you listen to a commercial from two years ago, it's different mm-hmm. from a commercial today. Mm-hmm. If you listen to a commercial five years ago from today, it's wildly different. Yeah. Ten years ago, fifteen, you know, most commercials were like, it's the Macy's blah 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 sale. And now it's like yeah. You know, now it's like I'm talking to you like, hey, yeah. 50% off at Macy's. Like, that's amazing. Now it's like I'm talking mm. to one person. Right. Whereas like announcer yeah, voices used point. to be announcers. And now yeah. it's like 
you know, there's some where, of course, you know, some people are like not happy about it, but there's some now where it's like, it's so intimate, but it's like all Bogle Fry. And it's like, hey, I went there and like, I got this sale. And oh yeah, also, you know, so it's like, it's yeah. wildly changed. Yes. So I still take classes a couple That's times a month great. because keeping up with the industry and is, vibes and, yeah, yeah okay. you have to stick with it and see mm-hmm. like what's new and what's happening. But anyway, so I just threw myself into everything. I took every mm-hmm. class, private lesson, workshops, intensives, because also I think just like with music, mm-hmm. when you're watching other people and listening to other people and watching them get feedback, you learn way more than when it's cool. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're kind of like when it's you, you're like just trying to pay attention. You're just trying <laughs> yeah. to like stay alive out here. <laughs> yeah. But if you're sitting back and you're listening to others and you're watching their critiques and they're, hey, what if you tried this way this time? Like you're mm-hmm. getting m- way more. That's so um, true. That's so true. So anyway, that's yeah. what I did until for the rest of 2018. Yeah. And then 2019, I was like, 2019 is my first year full-time voice actor. And oh, I did yeah. it. Yes. I just did it. I love it. So ever since then, just been, that's really just been my main thing. And mm-hmm. uh, we moved across the country with all of our instruments in a U-Haul. And we arrived to LA January, 2020. <laughs> Three months oh, later, went into <laughs> lockdown, which, yeah. you know, Everyone did, so I can't mm-hmm. be like boohoo me, but it definitely was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, moving yeah. to a whole new city, and well, like sure. I was expecting to be like, great, I'll tell people I play bass, and I'll play and I'll mm-hmm. play for fun in people's bands, oh, and totally, ma- maybe I'll sing backgrounds on people's record, whatever. Like yeah. I'll go back in the studio because I was doing a bunch. You know, I was singing on um, a good number of studio albums in New York, mm-hmm. um, mostly jazz people that just wanted cool vocal um, harmonies and stuff in the background. Cool. And, um, yeah, and so that didn't obviously happen, but then something else happened, which was the voiceover mm-hmm. industry exploded mm-hmm. during lockdown, just mm-hmm. out of necessity, because yeah. there were new phone numbers to call, like yeah. hotlines, COVID yeah. hotlines, and health insurance companies had different lines that you called for this, and right. everything was contactless delivery, and, yes. you know, leave and it the at commercials the commercials were all, like, B-roll. Mm-hmm. So and like the, but they, they needed so much extra voiceover because exactly. they were using old stuff where they were animating stuff that they needed yeah. voices, yeah. like little character voices to right. do the animations. Totally. So it just sort of was like, wow, I had sort of like built this thing up in twenty mm-hmm. in 2019. And then the minute 2020 happened, it was like I was ready to go. And then yes. it really freaking took off. Cool. Um, which is just wild because I'm just sometimes like, I'm like, wow, it feels like we just it went right into it. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I need to just take a break for like one day, one time, maybe. Uh, (laughs) It just feels like, you know, we just didn't ever stopped working um, for those of us who like had a job like that, that was just Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't stop for anyone or Mm -hmm. anything, which Mm -hmm. is wild just to think about on its own. That's a whole other conversation, but, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of just like how it all happened. And um, I mean, at this point I, it's, it's amazing how much of my schooling like prepared me for this and I didn't even realize it. That is really interesting. (laughs) And I I like, um, I'd love to talk to you about vocal placements. You were, you just talked about vocal fry, that like Mm -hmm. uh, kind of thing, especially, I mean, especially the female vocal fry Mm -hmm. thing is so, I mean, Billie Eilish, like it's, that's the moment. Um, can you talk about like that just a little bit more about vocal placement, like putting things in yeah. different parts of your head and resonances and, and pronunciation and stuff? Just like, I, I feel like that'd be interesting for people yeah. that maybe have never thought about that. They just speak. Yeah. Well, generally, like when, you know, th- there are different schools of 
uh, teaching on this, but like, I just remember in school, a lot of my, you know, you would think about, okay, there's like your chest voice, there's your head voice, there's your mix. Some people call it in the mask because it's like Mm -hmm. right here. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, that's a very present place because it's sort of like more coming out of like your, this part of your face, the mask, like your nose. So it's like, it's kind of cuts through versus like your head, your head voice is much more if you're thinking about like operatic singing or like mm-hmm. some classical singing mm-hmm. um, or like a lot of maybe um, vocalists who are very airy in their singing and they're kind of singing in their falsetto or their head voice, you want to call it. Yeah. And that's more like when your soft palate is like really like op- like almost like you're about to take a yawn, like you're about to yawn. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's more like that. And what you would sometimes equate like your chest voice is what, where are you, like where you're speaking. Okay. Yeah. So because you can kind of feel it like resonating in your chest it's more here. It's, you know, hard to, hard not to think like, oh, it's in my throat. But, mm-hmm. you know, technically you don't want to think about that because you don't want to like constrict your vocal cords or kind of overuse. But yeah, it's like you're more resonant in your chest. So that would be like your chest voice. Um, and, and of course, when you're talking about like a lot of Broadway singers or even pop singers, um, they try to get that mix, which is like supposed to be the mix of it, but some people call it the mask. And that's where Mm -hmm. you really want to end up because you want it to sort of be seamless where it's like, you can't tell what part of their voice they're in. Right. There's Um, not that. And sometimes when you hear people and you're like, Oh my God, how are they belting that? And it's like, "Mm, they're in their mix, but their, their mix is so strong and they've worked so hard in their vocal training that mm-hmm. you can't tell and you just think that they're like, wow, that they're like belting something, but yeah. really they're just in their mix, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think vocal placement uh work, you know, is perfect with with voiceover. Like mm-hmm. one of um one of the uh, teachers I was talking about um when I went to LA in twenty eighteen to like do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um her name is Debbie Derryberry and she like famously is Jimmy Neutron and like all oh, of these cool. iconic like, characters. Yes. Yeah. Totally so true. she's like iconic, but in, in her voice acting, but she started out as a session singer in Nashville. Cool. So when I remembered taking like animation workshops with her, okay. she was like, it's all about your vocal placement when you're doing animation. Cool. Yeah. You're like, great. You look at the character. Okay. It's a little boy. Okay, great. So I already know where that's going to be placement in my fit, in my voice. Yeah. He's like, oh, but, you know, he's not five. He's actually nine. Okay, well, then that's going to change the placement. Yeah. Oh, he's got braces? That also changes it. Uh, or like, uh-huh. oh, or his tongue is like too big for his mouth? Yeah, that's going right. to change your placement. Or yeah, like, he's got like huge cheeks or something. It's like, okay, like I do there. Or, or his like eyes are really jaw. wide, so you're going to, you know, oh, yeah, you're going to yeah, want to yeah. talk like that or whatever. Cool, cool, cool. So, you know, there there are so many ways that yeah. you can use vocal placement and your vocal yeah. training as a singer to translate um, mm-hmm. into voice acting. And, you know, I do sometimes I'll get a voice director that'll be mm-hmm. like, yeah, could you kind of like um, he'll like talk in you know, they'll they'll like talk in like musical terms. And I'm always cool. like, I love yes, this. You rocks. know, totally. We really want the end to be a big crescendo or like, oh, yeah. you know, we want you to go down on this. Um, I want you to kind of go lower on this one, make it more final or, mm-hmm. you know, we, I don't know. It's just, it's just great when you kind of mm-hmm. meet with someone that you're like, oh, you have a music background or, yeah, you know, you just speech. understand music. And yeah. because really speech is also melodic. I mean, unless Absolutely. you're a robot, then you're not, but everyone speaks in a different melody and a different cadence and a different, um, I don't know, just different notes. Um, you know, there's a whole group of people that are just voice actors that are like 
incredible at voice matching. Cool. That's cool. Which so they can I pick think up is all, so all musical. Because all it is is music. It is, yeah. Because you're just listening to this person over and over again, and you have to match them and sound like them. Yeah. So of course you have to, it's music. Yeah. Because you're matching their pitch. That's cool. And, yeah. and all like just what you were doing, the, the rhetoric kind of example, where you repeat a thing and then you use the same Mm-hmm. like starting point and then you repeat it again. You hear politicians do this a lot too. Like yeah. we're really trying to iterate the point. Yeah. Uh, you say, water bottles are, are not the thing. Water bottles are this and water bottles are that. Yeah. And it's like, doom, doom, doom. Exactly. Where you don't necessarily need to do that in like grammatical or English sense, but it gives you right. emphasis. It gives you stress. It gives you repetition. Those are all <laughs> yeah. musical terms. Yeah. Right, exactly. Or if you were just whimsical, you could be like, water bottles are this. Water bottles are this. Yeah. Water bottles are this. Like, then you uh-huh. can just like. <laughs> exactly. So there's also, there's just so many ways to do that. And for me, it's all mm-hmm. music. And yeah. like I said, when I meet new voice actors or or even just ones I've known, mm-hmm. when we talk about our backgrounds, I would mm-hmm. say 99% of them have some kind of theater background. Mm-hmm. So they've been, they've done yeah. like musical theater. So they've sung yes, and they've acted, totally. of course, on stage. Or they were a musician growing up, or mm-hmm. they just love music, or they're a singer, or they're an instrumentalist. Yeah. Like, there's so many of us, and yeah. I think also, um, you know, when you when you build up your career, obviously, when you're building up your career, you don't have as much flexibility. But I will say, I know some people that like they're on tour, but a lot of the time when they're not on tour, it's downtime, so they're recording yeah. audiobooks. Cool. Yeah. Or they're, you totally. know, so when you get to a certain point in your career, it can be. Um, depending on what area of voiceover you're in, it can mm-hmm. be very remote. Mm-hmm. You can kind of do it yeah. from wherever. You could be traveling on a bus. Uh-huh. You could be traveling yeah, the room, world. Just go for it, yeah. There are certain ones where, like, you do have to, you know, there's certain yeah. things, like, for animation and video games, now yeah. that things are opening back up, they kind of yeah. do want you to be in the studio, and it a lot of it sense. is happening in L.A. because yeah. that's yeah. just where we are. And yep. and especially when you have an ensemble um, yeah, so you have recordings the, the here the with everyone else here. and the interplay, yeah. But there's plenty of plenty of people that I know that are, you know, somewhere that's not a big city and they're cool. making a great living because they've worked up their career and they've figured mm-hmm. out how to do it remotely. Awesome. So it just depends on where you are. But it is, yeah. I think that's also why it's attractive to, you know, other actors who mm-hmm. do maybe just on camera or just theater mm-hmm. or musicians who are like, I'm a musician, but I'm also, I always liked performing. And it's like they somehow find their way into voice acting because it can be another um, extension of their creative self. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, 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 um, I when I did, uh, when I did acting in high school, um, my favorite role was in this play called The Foreigner. It was this British guy that pretended that he didn't know how to speak English because he was really shy, uh, <laughs> but that he saw horrible things like Ku Klux Klan kind of stuff, and oh, so he gosh. had this young uh, boy teach him how to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so that wow. he could tell the rest of the the you know, people like, hey, there's gonna be like this insurrection. Um, oh it was a gosh. super super fun play. Um, <laughs> a lot of like room for comedy improv and stuff in it. Too. Yeah, I loved it. But um, I had to do language tapes to speak with a British accent. Like my drama teacher mm-hmm. gave me these things that I'd like when I was. You had a dialect coach, basically. Totally, I had a dialect yeah. coach. It was like all language tapes. But it was honestly it was one of the best things that could have happened for my music because it it taught me. Not just, yeah, like I understood like, okay, a head voice, chest voice, mix, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, like I could get that. The thing that I didn't fully understand was where I place my uh, pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And like 
for, for British, they, they told me to put it far more, because it, it was very posh, like far more like, on the tip of the, almost, yeah, almost like you're going through a straw. Everything is so tight and nice. And, and it's right, right through your there. teeth. Right yeah. through your teeth, the tip of the tongue. It's like this like very weird, obviously mm-hmm. I'm San Diegan, so I'm like oh, way, way back there. <laughs> um, but that, that, that thing really helped me. And then uh, like I, I, I speak Japanese and boku no nihongo no hatsun ga zenzenjikaimasu. It's like way more round and also mask. It's like round plus mask. It's like, so I don't know. Those like little things are like that super helped me with background vocals. I don't like mm-hmm. that unlocks something where it's like, oh, I can sing. Like Kimbra <laughs> is one of my favorite singers and mm-hmm. she's one of my favorite people that can just, and like Michael Jackson, um, yeah. like just like open up your vocal range through pronunciation and placement. So then you can stack all of these vocals yep. and it sounds like there's a bunch of people in the room, but it's all just you. It's so cool. It's so, so yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He was a master with that. He was. I love like I love like seeing those videos where it's just like isolated tracks of his background vocals, and I'm know, like, totally. "Are you kidding me?" Right, right. I'm like, "You're not." There's no auto tune. This is just you, just rocking. It's oh, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, yeah. I think it's again, it's it's all connected. There's mm-hmm. so many things that are just, you know, it, it they lend itself so well to each other. You know, yeah. it's it's all the same inner workings. It's just the outcome is just a little different, but it's yeah. it's all the same steps to get you to the outcome. I love it. You know, it's like breathing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Simple. You know, your, diaph- is your diaphragm engaged. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, especially if you're doing like, uh, like at least in voiceover, you know, when you're doing like these uh, at the end of commercials, sometimes mostly on radio, there's like these okay. things called legal, which oh, is yeah. like <laughs> price participation. Yeah, may vary, you know, only available in certain states. Wait, do you do that in the actual time? It's not sped up? I'd say 99% of the time, at least the 99% of the time I've done it, I've only been sped up like once or twice. And it's usually because the copywriter didn't time themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading it. Like they wrote it and we're like, Uh yeah, that's good. And then like the engineer (laughs) and I are like, this is supposed to be in five seconds. Like how did, no, this is a 10, they wrote 10 seconds, but they want me to do it in five. Cool. Yeah. No offense to copywriters. I love you. This is why Mm. I have a, you know, like you're, you're, you're a great part of my job. Not not everybody brings their best every day. (laughs) But you know, sometimes it happens and also it's not their fault. Maybe legal was like, Hey, you need to have all of these things in in there. And the copywriter's like, uh, it's not gonna, how are they going to do that? But (laughs) you know, it's just all a, like puzzle pieces, but same, you know, with the legal stuff, you have to be like really engaged. You're your diaphragm has to be engaged because you got to speak really quickly. Mm. And you got to get it out. You can't really make any inflections because once you start doing inflections, that kind of slows you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be really quick. Like price of participation vary. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you have to yeah, really yeah. like do it like that. Um, just very straight ahead. And but yeah, it all comes down to the same things. You got to breathe. You got to make sure your <laughs> diaphragm is engaged. You got to make sure you know you're hydrated. <laughs> like all these yeah, things right. that are like that makes sense. This just goes for any performer. Totally. You know, if you're gonna perform, you got to be hydrated. You got to. Yeah. You know, have you got to be breathing well, and your mm-hmm. diaphragm's got to be engaged, like yeah, all this kind of stuff. So it's all, you know, it's all related. It's yes. all the same. It's just yes. a different end product. You know, I love it. Um, <laughs> so one final question before we let you go. Um, yes. So the show is called Love Music More. This part is Love Music Why, and this is kind of like the pitch to like your ten year old self or whatever, like. Why why do you love music so much? Why do you sacrifice for it? Why do you choose to do this over everything else? Mm-hmm. What's the why behind what you do? Uh, 
I I just don't have a choice. I, you know, I think music is, I mean, I truly believe music inside is inside of everyone, but I think there's some people that it's just, you just eat, sleep, breathe music. It's just a part of you just intrinsically. Like it's just, that's just it. I think, I think it just was, you know, I think just from the day I was on this planet, it was like, that's just, was very much my love. Just anything music related um why why because music makes you feel everything um i think in a time where a lot of us don't want to feel anything right now and it's hard to maybe get in touch with our feelings and and let our emotions come out in the way that they need to um sometimes music can help you get there as well you know i think music is healing music is our like it's our gift. It's, it's, it's like, it's just, it's natural, you know, and it is a, and it is a language and it's a world language. It's not just one language, you know, even when there's words, but when there's not, it's, it's truly universal because everyone can feel the same thing, no matter what language you speak. So I don't know. It's just powerful. (laughs) And that's why I love it. It is. And I like, I like that idea of it can make you feel anything. It can make you feel everything. It can mm-hmm. just make you feel. Yeah. And it, it can be every gradient from background music, wallpaper, to mm-hmm. the thing that makes you be like, yeah, this is why I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely can relate to that. I mean, there's, you know, I think also I was a very angsty teenager, you know, and there was mm-hmm. definitely like music where you just be like, Oh, it makes you feel so depressed, but in a good way. You know, you're just like, I'm just feeling something, you know? know. (laughs) So I just think, um, yeah, music is just the ultimate, just the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah, So where can, where can people find you? Where could people ask you a question or anything? What would be the best way? Um, uh, people can find me at my website, which is just alessandralevy.com, A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-L-E-V-Y.com. And on Instagram, I'm Alessandra Voice. And kind of, I think Instagram is kind of the only place I'm yeah, really totally. kind of active. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a TikTok, but sometimes my TikTok is just like things that I would never post anywhere else because I'm just yeah. being silly or like yeah. putting those stupid filters on. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> and I think that one might be Alessandra Voice as well, or Alessandra Vox, V-O-X-C, I don't even know. But anyway, yeah, no mostly worries. just my IG. website or Instagram. I feel like cool. my website, you can find me from there as well. Um, yeah, you can hear my work. I have a music tab too, so you can see like me playing some bass and singing and maybe a list of albums that I've been on, although I probably should update it, so that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, those are the places to find me. I love it. Well, thank you so much for chatting. Um, you can find my music at scubertdubert.pizza. And I look forward to uh, keeping in touch and hearing more from you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs>